Uh, Craig, any idea? Uh, I'm going to go Spinozola because I think. Oh, you bastard! Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's, the yeah. for. that's that's the privilege of letting everyone else go first. Though we yeah, should well, talk three first. Tie, all right. Welcome to the Man on Podcast Live. I am FPL Dronach. I'm Craig Kemp. Uh, <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. We're in order, guys. Come on. Have we got an order? Yeah, you're second, Thomas. I am second. Okay, I'm FPL Thomas. I'm CM Fantasy. And I'm Craig Kemp 32. Dreadful. <laughs> but hey, look, we're live. How good is this? A bit surreal, isn't it? It's a little bit surreal that it's finally come to this point. It's been spoken about for a few weeks, but we finally got here. Yeah, mm. absolutely. And yeah, I mean, obviously, it's been a bit of hard work behind the scenes. And, and obviously, we've got so much more to come as well as the streams grow. The other stuff we're working on behind the scenes, you know, looks fantastic in terms of uh, giving everyone sort of stats and going forward our teams and, and you know, the things we've got lined up are, are really cool. Um, and of course, more sounds and gifts eventually. I mean, obviously, let's make this purely interactive, which will be which will be fun for everyone. Running order today, guys. Uh, it's up there, as, as people can see. Uh, but for the listeners, uh, without the video, it is... Uh, we're going to do the community to community talk, the questions we've been doing. Thomas still hasn't come up with a name for that. Lazy. Uh, we're gonna I, I, I changed it from community questions to community talk. Oh, <laughs> that's a start. <laughs> oh, that made it better. Brilliant. Okay, cool. Uh, we're going to look at the Euros. A little bit of discussion around the Euros. One or two questions there. Uh, Chapman, obviously. Uh, we've got some price reveals for Gaffer, which is going to be uh, fun. A uh, couple of nice little graphics for those as well. Um, and then I think we've got one question on FPL from the. So obviously the game has opened up. So we get to talk a little bit about uh, what kind of brought us all here in the first place, really, which was FPL. Should be fun. Let's do it. Should we jump straight into the community? Can yeah. I just let you guys know that um, Switzerland have actually scored. It's now 3-2. To, just, just keeping you posted. Come on. Yeah, 3-2 like to France, but Switzerland have got one back. I like the fact you've got a very good glare on your screen, Thomas. So just in case any copyright infringement. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, you can't, yeah, you can't see it. You can't make it out. You're not, you're not live streaming. Well, you know, well, if you get us past straight away the first stream, you fucked it up for everyone, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll be livid because I put a lot of work in. I'll just say I'll kick him out. I'll kick him out. Uh, no yeah. problem at all. Uh, so community talk. Let's get into it. So the timeline has been awash with the XG talk all day. So XG. How much does it really matter, both in FPL and real life? I'm going to put my hand straight up and say I've totally, totally missed the the XG stuff on Twitter today because I've been so busy at work. And I'll be even more honest, I ain't got a fucking clue what it is. So I want someone to explain it to me, which is a great starting point. (laughs) Okay. How did you miss it? That's what I want to know. I've been on oh, bear, I, I, bear, like, the only time I've been on social media, not even social media, the only time I've really been online today was WhatsApp with you guys. Um, I've just mm. I've just been so busy. I haven't had time. Um, I saw you guys saying there was stuff about it on Twitter, but yeah, I've not really been paying any attention. Well, just so for, for context, basically, um, 
Lynn FPL, uh, she tweeted out, um, she oh, quote tweeted the between the post image, which was um, the stats from the Belgium-Portugal game, um, which obviously Belgium won 1-0. Um, Belgium had an XG of 0.21, whereas um, Portugal had an XG of 1.29 uh, and a couple of other stats there as well, like uh, XG total, Belgium 0.26, whereas Portugal's uh, 1.52. And she simply put, and this is why XG is pretty useless, which then um, led to just looking underneath 52 comments, lots of people in the community discussing XG, how good it is, whether it's helpful, not helpful, et cetera, et cetera. And I think Craig has some thoughts on XG because um, I'm not sure if you actually use it, Craig, or if you, you if you use it as part of what you do when when you look at players. But yeah, what's what were you saying about XG? So I have used it maybe the last two years. It doesn't stand for extra goals, which is what some people thought it should be. But it's basically just sort of an analysis of the quality of the chances that a team has. So the obviously when you see football normally you get general stats like shot, shots on target, but you don't really get any evidence of how good those chances are. And so XG is just a clearer way of suggesting how good those chances are. So if you have a, a, a chance on the edge of the six-yard box, middle of the goal, that would have an XG of like 0.9 or something because the prediction is that someone should really be scoring from there. Equally, if someone's shooting loads from outside the area or from sort of narrow angles or something like that where they're less likely to score and the expectation is they won't score, the XG will be a lot lower. So if you if you looked at stats and saw a team had like 15 shots, you would naturally assume that that team has been quite dominant in a game. But then if we then told you that 14 of those shots was from outside the area from 30 yards, mm-hmm. you maybe wouldn't be surprised then if you found out the opposing team kept a clean sheet. So I think it's just a, a way of sort of giving a bit more detail to the chances that a team is having. Um, and or, or players, obviously get player XG as well as team XG. I think there is there is a danger, I think, with all statistics that it's used too much to analyse football. It's You sort of analyse football sort of squarely through the numbers. And I don't think you can really do that. It's I would more describe it as like another chapter in the book of football analysis almost. You, have, you, you use your eyes and use the eye test to watch games. You look at sort of team mentalities, whether a team's attacking or not. You maybe look at some tactical breakdowns of formations and see where there's sort of competition there. And I think XG is just another metric you can use now, especially in FPL or any sort of fantasy game, really, to just sort of boost your chances of getting some valuable information out of something. I don't think it's the be all and end all, but I think it's another another something that you can use to sort of improve your decision making. Hope that makes a little bit of sense if you wasn't following before. Yeah, I've, I've got a question, actually. Would you say, and I don't know if Martin, if you've um, used XG much, but mm-hmm. from that description there, obviously, Craig, as you've said about, oh, if you had, if a team had 15 shots, but only four, and 14 of them were off target, etc. Would you only really use XG on a game that you haven't actually watched yourself? Um, because could you determine roughly what XG would be if you've watched a game and therefore you wouldn't need it, if that makes sense? 
I think it's a way for people to do that. They don't watch a full game. They try and get a grasp of what's happened. Mm. I think it's quite easy to use XG for that. I, I wouldn't especially use it as a for one-off games. So I don't think you learn enough from a one-off game. I think no. you see it consistently as a trend that X players constantly having a high XG. I think you can probably use the analysis to probably do a goal because they're consistently getting in good positions in games. Eventually, you'll score from those positions. But I wouldn't use, I wouldn't take much notice as a, as a one-off for anything to take moving forward in any decisions I made. In a, in a fantasy game. Yeah, I agree with that. You need a you need a good sample for it to be really meaningful. I mean, in a one-off game, you can you can probably have a good guess at what the XG was. So I think if you watch if you watch the Belgian Portugal game, you would probably come away from it thinking Portugal were a bit unlucky not to score in that really, and they come out with an XG like just above one. So that tells you that they were a bit unlucky not to score. You know, on another day they probably should have scored a goal. So um, so you can kind of make that dis- determination for yourself from a one-off game. And you know, you know as well if um, you know if a team if a team is on top and dominating and having lots of shots and the keeper has a worldie, um, but you know they concede a sucker punch goal that's like the opposition's only attack of the match. Then again, you you know instinctively that the XG for the team that lost is going to be higher than for the team that won. It doesn't mean that that doesn't make it meaningless. It just means mm. that on another day, you know the team that were on top, you know nine times out of ten they'd have probably won that game. But you know that anyway because you've watched it, right? Mm. So um, so yeah, but you, so for a, but for a bigger sample size, it's much more useful. I mean, with like Reading, for example, the team I support have been a victim of it a couple of times in the last five, six years. Well, I say a victim of it, but there's been really good good examples of it. So last season, we were top of the table um, after eight, nine games. We won like eight of our first nine games or something like that. Yeah. But people big into XG were saying this isn't sustainable because our expected goals against was high um, and our expected goals for was quite low. So it tells you that that form wasn't really sustainable unless something changed um, and, it, and that proved correct. You know, we missed out on the playoffs in the end. And it was the same when we had Yap Stam as manager and we made the playoffs. Um, it was quite predictable that we would do poorly the season afterwards because we performed well above our XG for the whole of that season that we made that playoff against Huddersfield. So I, when you've got a big sample size, it does tend to regress towards uh, what the XG is telling you eventually. I think it could be helpful in FPL if you've got if you're going to make a striker transfer, for example, and you've got ten games of data, and you've got like two players you're debating whether to bring in. I would look at you'd obviously look at how many shots they've recently, how many goals three, 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 wow. three. Sorry, <laughs> it's three, three in the 89th minute. Switzerland have equalised. Oh my god! Excellent. Another 30 minutes of distraction on the pod. That's what we want. <laughs> <laughs> another, another 30 minutes of not live TV behind me. <laughs> if, if you've got two players that you're thinking about bringing in, maybe one yeah. scored eight goals in 10 games, one scored two goals in 10 games. But the XG of the player on two is maybe higher than the other one, even though he scored six goals less. I would still be more inclined to bring in the player that scored less goals because their XG is higher. And it suggests that they're more likely to score moving forward because they're having better chances in their games. They're just not taking them. Where the other player may have an XG of like five, but he scored eight. Suggests that maybe he's scoring goals like Pogba tonight, for example, that that, that's not going to happen every week. So I'm I'm guessing a bit like, um, I've forgotten his name. The guy was at Newcastle from Arsenal. Um, What's his name? Oh, Joe Willock. Yeah, Willock. I, I, I get the impression with him that his XG may have been quite low, but he was obviously scoring week in, week out. Yeah. So maybe that would be a reason not to get him in. It's easy to think he's good value because he's scoring every week. But if he's only having one shot a game, 
that's not sustainable. They're going to keep going in. This, this is this is where for me this is the one thing that it doesn't take into consideration is the quality of the player involved um you know if someone like harry kane is only getting one or two chances a game then you say okay fair enough maybe it is consistent that it'll keep it'll keep scoring fairly frequently but but with someone like joe willock it's probably less likely to be sustainable because he's not he's not as good as that you do need the other metrics though i think you do need to have the eye test because it's, the team may have a really bad xg for conceding goals so say they've got an XG from the first, say it's Brentford, for example, this year, they've got an XG to concede three goals in the first five games. You still need the eye test, I think, to work out what it is that teams can do to take advantage. So is it, I don't know, their defenders not getting tight enough in the box? Is it midfielders not being compact enough? So it's easy for midfielders to thread balls into the strikers. Is it in some way related to set pieces? They're conceding so many goals. So I think it's, it's not just as easy as purely looking at XG and thinking, I'll get him or avoid them or maybe attack that team. I think you do need other metrics as well, say the eye test and some tactical analysis, some formations opposing each other, for example. But I think it is something that could be used as a, a helpful stat, especially for attacking players and maybe captains, knowing what teams to, to target with a captain or something. Mm. It's funny you mentioned Brentford, actually, because aren't they that the team that... Um one of the first teams that, you know, really did use XG to, to make sign-ins and... Um, they, you know, obviously it proved very fruitful because they signed players like um, Ollie Watkins, Ben Rama, um, yeah. Malpai, players like yeah. that, based on things like XG. Yes, yeah, one of the things they use. They use all sorts of things, but um, yeah, basically they they have their team structure and their way of playing, and then they figure out which areas need strengthening, and mm. then they'll go and they'll they'll look at statistics to go and sign a player that will help them improve in that area. So, for example, if they if they feel they aren't winning enough tackles in centre midfield, they'll go out and sign a midfielder that is notoriously good statistically for winning tackles because that's the area they need to strengthen in. Mm. That's a very basic example of what they do. Um, but that, that, that is, you know, uh, a simplified version of, version of it. But so, yeah, for, so for a striker, you know, XG would be one of the things they look at. Um, but, you know, they, they consider other things like, uh, you know, oh, you know, maybe um, we don't get enough, we don't get enough crosses into the box. So they'll, they'll look for midfielders that statistically are good at getting crosses in early, um, things like that. Nice. Well, that's helpful. Appreciate, I appreciate that being explained to me. Obviously, I've never, yeah, I've never really known what it was. I got it to do with chances created, for instance, but yeah, I never really knew what it was. So I uh, appreciate that. Happily to, happy to move on. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. So FPL is out. Rejoice. More <laughs> heartbreak this season, I'm sure. Uh, lots of talk about prices. Based on prices, is there anyone who is already a lock in your game week one squad? Is it too early? <laughs> um, I won't go first this time. Let someone else go first. <laughs> go from front to back. Go on, Craig, you go. Uh, no one's a lock in my team yet. To be fair, I haven't paid massively close attention to anything. I only actually uh, registered my team yesterday, my auto pick. So I was really late. I've got a really low um, entrance number. I know there was a lot of fight on last week to uh, get the lowest number you could. Unfortunately, I was on a work call when they released the game. And by the time I... Came off the work call it was about twenty minutes into the game being launched, yeah. and about three thousand people had already joined. So exactly, I'd missed I'd missed the market by then. So I had to. <laughs> but um, no, my my thing this year, I think no players locked in yet. I'm more focused, I think, on trying to get a, a better strategy set up this year. Is my big game because I, I never really have one at the start. I just tend to mm. 
to pick players and don't really think about much more than that. I'll maybe look at the first sort of two or three game weeks and have a strategy for manoeuvring transfers through that. But I think this year, especially I think with the way the strikers have been priced, I think it was quite easy last year to afford one, maybe two strikers with obviously Bamford was 5.5 Watkins Adams were like 6 million I think it was quite easy to sort of afford three good strikers my first thought this year was that's not going to be possible I don't think there's a striker I want who costs less than like 7.5 million this year so I think that's my first thought I'm going to have to have a bit more of a strategy around what I'm going to do with that and I don't really want sort of three of them either because obviously gives you less flexibility than if someone else at a more expensive price point does well I'm probably thinking more Harry Kane but if he has a good like first two game weeks that it's going to be really hard to get him so I think my yeah. initial thoughts are going to be coming up with a strategy that gives me flexibility and maybe even pre-booking a wild card um, which is what I don't normally do but in, I think the last couple of years I played a wild card in the first six game weeks sort of unplanned and I didn't really attack the first four weeks properly because I didn't know I was going to do it so this year I may just pre-book in a wild card for like game week four or five and that means I can properly attack the first four weeks so it's my thoughts at the moment around FPL are more things like that rather than actual players. Because if I do that, for example, like Rafinha is clearly one of the players that people are going to want. He's clearly underpriced by probably about two million. But if Leeds have got bad fixtures to start with and I'm attacking the first four weeks, then I may not have him. So um, it's more, I need to make plans around that first. But in terms of players, I think Rafinha is probably the most underpriced of everyone would be my answer. Okay. Uh, Martin, nice. what do you think? Yeah, I mean, Rafinha is in my draft at the moment. Um, I mean, I've, I haven't spent a massive amount of time, and it's sort of similar to Craig. Really, the the initial quick job I've done is, um, you know, try and get a spread of funds through the team so that you can react in those in those first weeks. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, I'll be looking in preseason. I think uh, I think I'll want at least one of the Chelsea uh, the Chelsea wing backs, um, someone in that Chelsea defence, whether it be Chilwell, Aspilicueta, probably one of the, one of those guys. So pay attention to that in preseason. Um, again, similar to Craig, I'm I'm struggling. I struggled uh, initially to get a premium striker in. Uh, I think it's difficult. It, it looks quite difficult to have a premium striker and the defence that I would want. Um, so, so at the moment, my you know the draft I've got at the moment is more pe- more by Watkins and Cavani. So again, if I did decide Harry Kane was essential, um, it's not easy to get to him. But um, I haven't got the so- red card set up yet. That you would have got a red card for essential. Then, if I'm totally on you. <laughs> <laughs> well if if i decided yeah I've, i suppose you're gonna, you're gonna give me the no one's essential but yeah you know you know what i mean though if i decided oh, i definitely want him uh it looks tricky because i've put i've put more money at the back which i think is what i'll, what I'll go with but um but yeah at the moment um yeah rafinha and just trying to get a good good spread of good spread of funds through really um i think torres uh torres and foden at city like a look good value like you can you instead of having De Bruyne you could have both of them I think that looks appealing but you know, it's a very very early thoughts I think Kane's gonna be the tricky one is it? we obviously all play champ man and realize how awkward Veron is because he's so isolated at his price point mm. and I think my first thought <laughs> is that Kane has the same problem now in FPL I think I know Vardy's in between Aubameyang's in between but I don't really think there's anyone within like four million of Kane who you really want so I think if you go without him, you're giving yourself a problem in the same way you did with Veron in Champions I'm not saying that's a reason to get him. And obviously, mm. you don't know what's going to happen after the Euros in terms of where he's going to play. He might not even play with the first one or two game weeks if he gets an extended rest or something. So those factors obviously will come in as well with anyone at the Euros, not just Harry Kane. But I think he's going to be the, the most awkward of all, I think, this year, just because how isolated he is at that price point is probably my first thought with him. I think you have to make a decision with him pretty early if you want him or not. 
Yeah, definitely. Thomas? I'm going to be predictable. <laughs> Who have I got? Me through? Saka, obviously. Uh, oh, <laughs> my God. Every time I've got Saka. Listen, Saka is the guy, I'm telling you. 6.5, he's the same price as Rafina. He could e- he could easily outscore Rafina. I'm sorry, he could. Um, obviously, Arsenal, like Leeds, don't have European football. Um, Saka has become the main man at Arsenal. You know, he's more important to that starting eleven than Aubameyang. Just going to say that. If he's in the lineup, we feel confident. If he's not there, we don't feel confident. So for me, he's going to play as long as he's fit every single game. Um, 6.5, like Rafina, who's also in my draft as well. Um, I think he's a bargain. Um, left yeah, wing? definitely a good press. Say again? Permanently left wing, you think, for Arsenal? Uh, generally, yes, with Pepe on the right. Um, but the pair of them can interchange at times as well. Uh, and Saka does like drifting in. So I, I depending on who we sign, if we sign a number 10, um, there may even be times where uh, maybe Smith Rowe is playing at number 10 or player X is playing at number 10. And if that's a player that can um, drift out wide, I could even see at times Saka being like those two interchanging positions. Um, I think the idea is Arteta would like a very fluid attack across, you know, across the front line with the likes of Pepe, Saka and whoever is the number 10 being able to interchange into positions um, depending on on opposition and sort of how the game is panning out. Um, for example, if a winger, if, sorry, if a fullback has picked up a yellow card, you might want to put Saka on him and, and that sort of thing. But then again, Pepe as well is, is very tricky as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, for me, yes, there's loads of value in defence, I think, there's, but it's quite hard to, to separate which one or ones to go for, really. Whereas I think in midfield, I think it's a little bit clearer. I think there's some standout ones like Rafina as well as Saka. I also think that Smith Rowe is a good price at 5.5. Um, I've stuck him in as well at the moment. Yeah, you just, um, you just fill your uh, midfield with Arsenal <laughs> players and see how that works out. <laughs> I've only got two. Rafina sadly, isn't an Arsenal player. I'd love him at Arsenal. But um, no, I've only, got, I've only got two Arsenal players in my team at the moment. Um, I may as well tell you this now. I have got Ben White also in my draft with the anticipation that he's going to join Arsenal. I, I've, got um, him, I've got him in my team as well. Not because I but, think he'll join Arsenal or hope he does, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's, mo- it's, mo- it's mostly out of excitement, just hoping that we're going to sign him. We're obviously t- going to talk about 4.5 million defenders on a future pod, so you may change it. Uh, you may yeah, change it. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I see him more as a uh, real-life asset and possibly Sky asset also, um, where, you know, they, you, you pick up bonus points for sort of passing tiers and tackle tiers and stuff like that. Um, I think he may be better value in in that game. Um, but yeah, um, no, for me, standout player is, is Saka, but I knew that other people would say Rafina anyway. Um, but yeah, I'm happy, happy to, to argue the case of Saka. Saka, Saka, Saka. Oh, I'm fucking coming. My FPL team last, last season was um, Tiki Taka Saka. Obsessed. I'm not, I just re- I just recognise talent. That's what it is. Sucker for sucker, it'll be this year, won't it? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I should have done. And then we, then we can report his team name as well. 
No, do you know what? Yeah, my, my team name, actually, I can tell you okay. from now. My team name, um, obviously, we better sign um, Lakonga now, but my team name is currently Let's All Do Lakonga. So it's going to look a bit silly if we don't sign him. I might just keep it anyway for the, for the fun of it. But um, Lord. <laughs> I caught sure yours then. last year. I, I weren't to be number one because I really thought Werner was going to be amazing. I had him for like two weeks and took him out and never owned him again. So that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you weren't you weren't alone in that. I yeah. I with Werner, and and I have put him in my first draft this year as well. Depending on whether or not Chelsea sign anyone, or we'll, we'll see how preseason looks and who's playing. It is in fairness for me. I wouldn't say anyone for me. I just got fixtures, and I wouldn't say anyone's nailed. I'd say like we are going to discuss going forward decent players at decent prices, and you've touched on quite a few there with Athena, etc. Um, you know, I think Buendia at Villa is a, is a fantastic signing and a great price. I think it's 0.5. Yeah. Um, so for me, again, he, he's pretty good. And again, I think Calvert-Lewin is a great price as well. At eight I do think he'll have another good season. Um, he'll be the main man at Everton. I can't see them signing anyone to replace him after what he did. Um, so we'll see. But it's too early to say that person's nailed. I think it's just far too early. Uh, I, do you I think, think so? I think you could... I think you can... Because you've got the fixtures. I mean, obviously, injuries is is one thing. And if you're if if said team signs a better player in yeah. that position, yeah, okay. But I do think yeah. there's there's you know there is a case for saying one or two players like yeah. you maybe even just your goalkeeper. Like obviously, a lot of people have made a big deal about Sanchez saying he's locked. Um, yeah. I'm not sure of any other. He's on my bench. Sanchez is my mm. keeper on my bench. I have started with uh, Martinez. Fair, fair enough. But I just mean, off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone that's half decent in the league that's going to sign a goalkeeper, apart from uh, possibly Arsenal buying a backup no, goalkeeper. No, apparently, but... apparently Wolves are looking at a decent keeper. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go, go near Wolves. I wouldn't go, with, I wouldn't go near Wolves. Yeah, you're right. So there's no point. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. so... Um, I mean, the, I, mean I, I could say one other person's nailed, and that's probably like, I reckon it'll be in 90% of teams, and that's Salah for the first game week. Uh, uh, yeah. against Norwich I just don't see why you wouldn't put him in um, can't see why so yeah he's gone in um, otherwise I'm waiting for transfers before I sort of tamper a little bit more I think for me uh, I think in some decisions at these price points I think 7.5 million strikers with like Antonio Watkins Jimenez Wilson Ian Atchell I think there's quite a lot of choice in there like, I don't think you want three and on, on, on here already we've already spoken about Saka Buendia and Rafinha, and they're all the same price. Do you really want them three as well? So I think they're probably the main decisions you want to make. How many players do you want at those sort of competitive price points? And because, say, you've got less flexibility, if you get everyone at the same price, then you need to get someone who's maybe a bit more expensive. You're mm. making it difficult for yourself. And I don't disagree that all those three options at 6.5 in midfield could all be really good. Yeah. And they're probably all probably mm. more than that. Um, but I think it's dangerous to maybe go in with three of them to start. All at the same price point. Yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. I certainly haven't. I've got, I've got Buendia at the moment. Uh, I've not got Rafina like everyone else at the moment. Um, but it, they're they're sort of players you can see definitely making a, an appearance in your squad at some time during the whole game season. Let's be fair. Um, you know, I, I know for well I'll own him. I owned him last season at six point five. He's definitely going to be one of those players. It might be that you interchange him with Buendia, for instance, something like that. It can happen. People do rotation for goalkeepers. Why not rotation for your six point five mids? Did you, know? you see the um, reported 
transfer today that's set to happen in the next few days of um, Billy Gilmore to Norwich on loan. Oh, I He's 4.5 in the game. So there's your your bench fodder if you want a 4.5 that you only want to start every once in a while. Yeah. I think he'll be quite popular. I think for that, he probably will be. The joke is, I think if they hadn't have launched the game as early as they had and he had already gone to Norwich when they'd launched the game, he'd probably be 5 million simply because they would expect him to play. But isn't Basuma like 4.5 as well? Someone who's going to play probably week in, week out and for a better better club in fairness and yeah. Josh Brownhill at Burnley I think is the other one I think they're the three that are sort of making the most waves should we say at 4.5 4. Yeah. Totally I, I think Douglas Louise as well is maybe again it would be something to look at in pre-season but Douglas Louise 4.5 as well there's wow. options there no one hear me just gets booked every week for putting people's shirts as they're trying to catch <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, that's for 13 14 yellow cards I think straight yeah. away yeah I don't know. I think he might improve this season. I think he was. I think he was getting better. But we'll see. Yeah, we yeah you, we have to see. Um, fantastic. Well, first of all, just say thank you to Boomyaka Shah and Steve Bird for the follows. Uh, I think they're watching us on uh, Twitch, so I appreciate you following us, guys. Um, let's jump into the Euros. How's the match going? Because I can't watch it at the same time as doing all this. I literally, <laughs> we don't have the capability to do it all. Yeah, it's currently France 3, Switzerland 3. We are 10 minutes into extra time. Okay. Um, so, yeah, still end-to-end stuff. Both teams going for it. Lovely. Keep us posted. Um, all right, so Euros. So, Christoph Sands asked a few questions. Uh, I think that's a, a good way to work through these. So, number one is predictions for the remaining games of the last 16. Anyone want to take that? Mm. Well... We've, we, I don't think anyone already, predicted free free for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, I was going to say, why ask that today when we've already lost a few? But hey. Yeah. Well, by the time of recording, yeah, we, we've obviously <clears> lost two more. So it's just basically tomorrow's games. It's tomorrow. In fact, we could do a live on air prediction now. Who thinks it's going to be France? Who thinks it's going to be Switzerland? I'll go, I'll go France. They've got better penalty takers. I'll go yeah. Switzerland, then Bappe to miss. Oh, Bappe to miss. Wow. Yeah, I go on, Martin. What's your I was, thoughts? I was going to say, what's Laurie? What's Laurie? Is Laurie any good at penalties? I'm not, not sure. Really. No, not really. Safe one today already. He's safe one in the game, although it wasn't a great penalty in terms of the pace on it. But um, can, he has safe one penalty? already. Can he take a penalty? That's the, that's the thing. <laughs> I will say uh, Switzerland to win on penalties, but Xhaka to miss a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> so France are going to miss two. Got against your Arsenal man. Fucking hell. He's not going to be Arsenal man for much longer. He's on his way to Roma. <laughs> Everyone seems to go to Roma. <laughs> he's Jose's there, isn't he? He's going to buy uh, a, a yeah, he'll just, he'll older just players. Yeah, yeah, he'll just poach the um, yeah, he'll poach the guys from the Premier League that he knows and likes. When he <laughs> it seems to be the right thing to do. Uh, so, all right, make a prediction for tomorrow's games then. Should we do England second? Yeah. What's the other one? Sweden, Ukraine is the Sweden, other Ukraine, one, isn't yeah. it? Yep. I, th- I think Sweden Sweden will get that done. Um, Isaac, I'm going to say Isaac's going to carry on his looking impressive. I think Sweden win as well. I think Ukraine's defence is probably the worst left in. I know we've seen some bad defending today and quite a lot of goals scored, but I think Ukraine is up there with probably one of the worst defences to get through the group. So I, I fancy Sweden to win by like two goals or something tomorrow, I think. Yeah, I'm the same. I was going to say Sweden as well. 
Um, yeah, I can't see uh, I can't see Ukraine beating them uh, at all. In fairness, and and yeah, it, I, I expect Isak to actually score tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, full house for Sweden. Um, they're my pick also. Um, I think they look all right as a team, uh, and Ukraine don't really. I think it's the the floor in the third place team going through is when you get teams like Ukraine going through. Um, so yeah, full house Sweden. Go on, then, the big one. Yeah. Well, a question to start. Would you take penalties now if you was offered it in the England game? Would you be happy with that? No. Yeah, I would. Because I think I think we're going to lose. <laughs> so I'd take penalties. I think no, uh, you know what? I wouldn't. I think we could. I think we could do it. I don't necessarily think we will, but I certainly think we could do it. Um and I, I don't know. I think I'm not sure about Germany, if I'm honest with you. It's as much reputation it is, as it is talent. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's that hoodoo. And, you know, I think psychologically, England versus Germany on penalties, Germany already have an advantage over us on a penalty shootout, more so than they do in, a, in an actual match. Yeah. That's so, as in playing time. So, no, I think... I think England have the the ability to beat them, and I'd rather just roll the dice with that than than go straight to penalties. Personally, I, I think it'll be one nil either way, and it'll be a header from a set piece that wins it. Hummels has been quite dangerous from set pieces, and we know that Stones and Maguire have got some threat, especially for England. But I, I think it'll be one. I'll be completely honest with you. I don't want it to be like the matches we've had today. I don't think I can take a free free. My heart's not going to take much of it. Can't do it. Definitely not. Um, I, I think England will win tomorrow. I, I think we'll concede because I think we always do. But uh, in like against big, bigger teams, but I, I do think we'll we'll pit them. I'm not sure it's as strong as Germany team that it used to be. Um, but I still I still don't want penalties. And Lee, I wouldn't take penalties <laughs> uh, without playing the game. Thanks. Um, the, the, remember, we're talking about England here. Um, I've had many yeah. years of letdown. Exactly, it's bitter experience for me. I've just got, I've yeah. just got no expectation. It's we've seen it so many times. Um, you know, I, I rate the England team. I rate the England players. Um, I, I don't even have as much as a problem with Gareth Southgate as a lot of people seem to. But it's just, mm. we've, it's just, it's just that thing of we've seen it all before. It's just difficult to believe for me this time. I think this is the first tournament where I felt like that. That it's, ine- it's inevitable we're going to fall at the first hurdle. But I'm sure by kickoff tomorrow, you know, I'll be, you know, I'll obviously be well into it, and it's it's like it will it, be this it, cross on his chest. He's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's the same. Whenever I, whenever I watch a big Reading game, I try not to get too excited about it. But as soon as the game is actually happening, then you start to believe that you can win. But um, and I'm sure it will be the same tomorrow. But uh, it just feels like it's opening up for Germany, like it did in. Um, uh, what, what was it? Is it was it 2002 where they didn't have a very good team, but the draw yeah. just opened up for them, and they kind of scraped their way through to the final. It just feels like that's happening for them again. But feels like a game where Van Avery could have a good one. Right? He's been really quiet. So yeah, clearly like one of their best attacking players done nothing in three games. You wouldn't be so, surprised. So, if he hey, of... say that about Kane. <laughs> he could turn up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been. He's looked well. He's looked tired. He's out of form. And he just needs a break. And I feel like, and the thing is, when I criticise Kane, obviously a lot of people think, oh, you support Arsenal, so you hate Kane. Well, I do. <laughs> and sometimes my criticism probably is biased. But um, no, to be honest, on this, you know, we're all supporting England. So I'm try- I try to sort of be a bit neutral. 
Um, I just think he looks tired. And I just think it's such a shame that we haven't got a second striker who's almost as good as Kane, who, you know, could even just fill in, whether it be at the 60 minute mark or, or, or get a, get a whole game when we, when we've, when we were qualified or whatever. Um, we don't have an option really. I don't think DCL is, is close to Kane in terms of talent. So I fully expect Kane to be on the pitch for the whole game tomorrow because he has to be, which if, is a shame if, that we're in that position. If it is a tight game and we're, we're relying on, um, you know, early crosses into the box or set pieces, um, then, then Calvert-Lewin is absolutely a, a massive threat, isn't he? If it turns yeah, into that definitely. kind of game. But... Absolutely. but can you play Kane and DCL together? I, I doubt the, well, you could, but then you're you've got to lose your Foden or your Grealish or someone like that. I think it's the one thing England haven't got is anyone who's sort of a pure oh. striker with pace. I know they'll throw Rashford up there, they'll throw Sterling up there, but they don't convince me as out and out strikers. Those two, I think they're more wide forwards. Um, it'd be nice if we had a striker that sort of played on the shoulder a bit more and was willing to to run in behind and was a threat on the on the counter attack because I think we're relying from like deep runners to do that. I know I'm a Villa fan, I'm biased towards Watkins, but I think he's someone that is a bit like that. I wouldn't have trusted him yeah. to take his chances, maybe, if he got one. But it's I think he's got attributes that could have been quite useful tomorrow that we haven't got in the squad anywhere else. I mean, to be fair, we had that we had Jamie Vardy at the World Cup and he didn't, didn't get used, did he? But, um... No, that uh, was pretty crap. Uh, thank you for the follow, Gleed Liker. Appreciate that. Um, OK, so I guess... Uh, Christoph Sands also talked about the Euro fantasy as well. He's asked us what assets we should jump on, uh, obviously from the remaining teams that we know. Anyone that's impressed you guys and you think you'd have in sort of the next round of games? Well, difficult. Well, I suppose obviously let's ignore, ignore. Well, I don't think anyone generally has Swiss assets, but hey, just had to pause on the France assets for now. So um, Spain, obviously they've gone through. Don't yeah. know if anyone would be brave enough to. Pick Maratta, would they? No, I mean, he's not an inspiring I, own, is he? Really, I, I did. I did this because I played my uh wild card this game week, so I did punt on Maratta. Uh, oh, did I? No, I didn't. <laughs> that was last week. That was last. That was last time. So, of course, I didn't play wild card. I played wild card for match day three, didn't I? In the groups, and then yeah, yeah, I was thinking that. I was thinking, was yeah. it limitless? Or no, something? Uh, it's on one step behind myself. Uh, yeah, and he was shit. So guess what? I wouldn't be going for Mara this time either. I've held Danny Almo for quite a lot, and he was all right again tonight. Um, just the Spain team to me is just not the Spain team. Do you know what I mean? I'm just yeah, it's just not performing like I wanted it to perform or thought it might. Morata's actually the XG hero, isn't he? He's the one that's probably got quite a high XG and not the goals to match the sort of expectations. Yeah, yeah, I actually absolutely. he's quite good for them, Morata. I actually wouldn't mind owning him actually for. Them. It seems like even if France win tonight defensively, they're a bit suspect. So um, maybe he's a good one to own Morata because I think it's going to be easy to target players that are playing against the so-called weaker teams. I imagine whoever wins between England and Germany are going to be really popular for transfers in. But maybe it's the stronger teams that are a bit ropey at the back that you can go after a bit more. I don't particularly trust Belgium defensively, so I still think I'd have Italy. Mobile, I think, still quite a good one because I think they might get at Belgium. And so I think I think Morata against. France could be quite a nice differential if they win this now because they're creating chances for him. He's missing them, but he's getting them. And one one of these games, I think there's a hat-trick there for him. Wow. Okay. Moretta scored a hat-trick against France. Jeez. Make a, make um, a sound grab of that. We'd have that on every pod going forward. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
I, I, I personally, I do agree with you in terms of uh, Italian defence. Um, I think it kind of depends on what Belgium turn up and what, yeah, you know, what style of play. It felt like they scored their goal against Portugal and then really kind of sat back and protected what they had. Um, I know De Bruyne and Hazard potentially right for them, so that may make yeah, them more, yeah, blow a bit more defensive now without those two. Massively. Yeah. What so about- I mean. Go on, Darren. Sorry, sorry, mate. No, sorry. Go on. I'll ask you. Oh, I was simply going to say that um, I would probably double up on on Italian defence, whether it be keeper and one defender, um, or maybe like, well, I think the the defender that everyone's quite keen on is the name that you like to say, Darren. uh, That's the one. Yep. And then I'd probably go. Benucci is probably the safest pick because it's whether Chiellini's back or not. Um, and Or Donnarumma, just go for the keeper because yeah. he's not going anywhere. No, not um, uh, what I was going to say is, what about any Danish assets? Do you look at any Danish assets? Yeah, you could do. What game have they got, remind me? Do we know? They put They've got Czech... They've got Czech Republic. Czech Republic. Czech Republic, yeah. Republic so that... Dolberg? Are you going to go for Dolberg? No, Dolberg. Paulson's out. Yeah, I mean, Paulson's out, isn't he, apparently? So mm. it'll be Dolberg who plays. So I'm guessing, yeah. Marler again, if you haven't already got him. Yeah, definitely. Clean sheet plus attacking return is, you know, uh, the potential high ceiling player, isn't he? He's on my bench in fan team. Absolutely livid. It's nice to have that fixture, though, isn't it? Because it would have been probably quite difficult to have a 15-man squad if all of the expected teams would have got to the last eight. But the fact now we've got that one fixture probably means you can get quite a nice 15 now otherwise you'd probably end up with like 13 or something with two wasters on the bench just to like load up on the premiums but I think mm. you can probably you've got to get obviously I think you just ping your mask to one team there don't you go triple Denmark or triple Czech I don't think you try and cover both yeah sure I think lo- lots of people pin their pin their hopes on um, Netherlands getting through and got stung by that I've got three of them to get out Dumfries when I was in the, the pie I'm, I don't think I'm <laughs> Those. I'm in the same boat as Craig. I've got all those three to go as well. <laughs> so what are you doing, Darren? Moving into Denmark Czech players? Or you got? I haven't got a plan yet. I'm going to see how the last game plays out. To, how the last games play out tomorrow and go from there. Really. Um, you, yes, I probably will target a, 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 Danish, get a Danish player in to target Czech. Um, but yeah, I haven't got a plan. I I don't know whether to go and take Dumfries out for a for a defender or if I actually just go for the more expensive players in Wijnaldum and Depay to get someone bigger in. Um, I haven't it feels so hard, isn't it? Because none of France's midfielders in the game, I know Pogba scored tonight and has got some attacking flair to him, but I don't think he's a must-own. I think Italy haven't really got, their, their midfield's more functional than attacking, I think. I think they're quite awkward. Like Berardi's really cheap, but I don't particularly think he's very good. No, Berardi. Uh, Ferrari was fucking awful. He just didn't even look like a footballer. It looked like me in an Italy squad. I'm not going to lie. I'm not Italian. So uh, I think it's hard to replace. I think it will be England or Germany midfielders. I think I think Ganabri, Herbert, yeah, Sterling. I think one of those three will be popular whoever wins tomorrow. I think will be. I'm, I'm gutted Goretzka doesn't start and play more. I think Goretzka's a huge talent. I really like him. Um, so I'd look at someone like Goretzka if he played more, which is a bit annoying. Uh, Hummels is in still, I think, isn't he? So we don't know what they'll do. Um, okay, so quick round the table and we'll move on. Player of the tournament so far. So That's quite a difficult you... question. Come back, come to me last. Uh, <laughs> all right, go on, Martin. Uh, I'm going to stay uh, Patrick Schick because 
he's he's really been the difference. He's been a proper talisman. Uh, he's he's been the difference between them, you know, progressing and not. Um, I would say. So yeah, I'll go for Patrick Schick for me. Sure. Uh, Craig, any idea? Uh, I'm going to go Spinozola because I think. Oh, you bastard! Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's, the yeah. that's that's the privilege of letting everyone else go first, though. Yeah, well, nice first. Tie, all right. <laughs> we, can have, we can have the same, right? We can have the uh, same. No, no, I can change it. I, I was on the on the same player field, fullback Dumfries had a great tournament. You know, you can't yep. you can't deny that. Uh, good old Denzel. Um, now it's to you, Thomas. That was quick. So anyone? Yeah, quicker than I quicker than I'd hoped. If you um, Saka, I'm going to turn you off, and, <laughs> I've, and I've got the power. Right, I won't say Saka, but I will say that when he has been on the pitch, oh, he's God. been very good, <laughs> and was man of the match in his only start that he's had. Uh, but I won't say Saka. Um, oh, I think um, I'll say Pogba actually, because simply because, he, as usual, he turns up in a France shirt. He looks so good. He looks like an 80, 90 million pound player or probably more now. Um, he looks like the man and he scored an absolutely sensational goal this oh, evening. Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. Um, and I think, for, uh, I think there's probably each of the players that you guys mentioned would go ahead of him. But as I can't say them, I will say Pogba and Saka. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, fuck off. Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's definitely, uh, he's turned up as old... Uh, uh, Pogba in this tournament, which, uh, you know, maybe some people will get him in for FPL. Silly man. Uh, perfect. Let's move on to Champ Man. Champ uh, Man. Uh, quick round of table. How did everyone do this week? Uh, I, <laughs> I was on I free hit. Okay. I was on oh, free yes, hit. Were. And I scored 75 points, which was okay. Um, I was just a little bit frustrated that one or two of the people that I had contemplated and then didn't go for didn't um, they delivered and the ones I picked didn't deliver but you know so be it Um, so yeah 75 points it was a small green I went from 109th to 94th Um, so yeah top 100 now finally Um, I'm happy happy enough with that Um, yeah, so overall a decent week. Like everyone, well, like many people, I went for Phillips as captain, which was the right pick for me in terms of my team, as he was my highest scoring player. Um, yeah, I think the only my, my main frustration was the Watford goal cancelling the Chelsea clean sheet, as I had double Chelsea defence on my free hit. Fair, Martin. Uh, yeah, fairly fairly average week, but yeah, I got the captaincy right. It went with Phillips. Um, my transfer in was Muzzy, is it? And he scored as well. Oh, yeah. So so I made the right moves, but yeah, the rest of the staple of my team were just <laughs> average. So um, uh, yeah, uh, treading, treading water. Craig? Uh, I got about half the points of Thomas. Absolute shambles for me. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I, I took a minus eight. I punted Phillips wouldn't, wouldn't score. I didn't own him. Uh, I set up more for this week coming up, so I got I got Shearer and Dublin in as my two strikers, and left Phillips. Took, took I could have afforded him, but I took the risk. Um, and that, that, I think it was more ahead of, of this week. I thought both of them were, were better options this week. Can't believe the amount of times now I've been stung by 90th minute goals for popular captains. That not only have I not captain, I'm not even owned. I think Vanessa has done it a couple of times. Henri obviously scored twice in 90 minutes in one week where I didn't have him. It seems to constantly happen to me that popular captains that I haven't got. Um, Scoring the 90th minute. So my team's in quite good shape for this week as a result because so I kind of took a minus eight with two weeks in mind. 
Um, but I went a bit aggressive for Newcastle with Stephen Hughes and Shearer, thinking that could be 3-4-2 to Newcastle, and it yeah. didn't quite work out. But um, yeah, not, not, not the best week for me. I couldn't tell you my official rank now because I didn't even look. It was that bad. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you do that. You get <laughs> such a low point, you're like, I'm not even bothered to look. Um, for me, I got 74 points, which is actually uh, the first green arrow in about six weeks for me. Um, annoyingly, <laughs> so I had, um, between my three defenders, I had four assists. How mental is that? If they yeah, I mean, if they'd kept clean sheets as well, I would have been absolutely flying. Um, we should probably give a shout out to our good friend Panda, who topped the uh, the week, didn't he? Yeah, three uh, hundred and six, I think it was, or something like that. Um, so he smashed it. So congrats, Panda! You took all the points of me. That's a good effort. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then yeah, for me, Captain Phillips got that right. Sarah, I've had. Like, have you noticed they talk about Ceratos every week? Oh, it's Ceratos again. Wonder if anyone owns him. I've only start. Never dropped. Never dropped him. Literally, he nice. turns to me every week. Yeah, I seem to be one of the only people with him. Um, you still get all those red arrows. What's going on, Darren? The one player that's well, scored every week. I'll be fair because no one else bothers. It's uh, Ceratos <laughs> can't hold the club upon his own. Um, so yeah, this week I haven't done any any changes yet because the leak came out about 10 minutes ago and I was busy sorting this stuff out. So I haven't looked at the leak yet. Um, so when I do, I'll make some changes tomorrow. Um, I've got a day off. Great. Uh, perfect. So question from FPL discussion. He said, if we have triple captains, do we still keep it simple and use on a United asset? Or is it worth looking elsewhere with the fixture congestion? I, I, think, <laughs> I think it's tough. I think, I think it depends what what position you're in like in your mini league or in the overall thing like are you do you need to like throw a hail mary to try and make up ground yeah you probably got to assume if the people above you have got a triple captain they're probably going to play it safe and try and hold their position so i but i think with the with the fixture congestion and the fact that the league could be over before the liverpool game even um there is the risk that the liverpool and Millwall games um are just complete duds in that trouble um, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it could happen. So I don't think you necessarily have to triple captain in that week. I think if you want to t- take a risk to gain some ground, I think the opportunity is there. Okay. I, I think you mm. want to be playing a chip in 37. Depends what other chips you've got left. If you've just got triple captain, I think you play it in 37. I think maybe take a punt on not Van Nistelrooy, maybe if you want to have fun with it. But I, I think it's really hard to convince someone they should triple captain someone in a single rather than a Man United player at a treble. Yeah. I do think if you are going to triple captain outside the treble this week, probably one of the better ones to do it. I think this is probably the highest upside week of the the three that are not the treble. So um I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't put someone off free hitting in the uh, in 37 and getting loads of players with multiple fixtures and then getting that perfect choice of any three Man United you want based on mm-hmm. team well, not team news but you may get a helpful leak or something. So I don't think it has to be the triple captain 37, but I do think you probably do want to be playing a chip in that week. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I've still got my triple captain and I've got no idea who to play it on. Uh, I have ground to make up, as, as everyone knows, because I'm really wallowing uh, out of a kind of crap position. So for me, uh, I think I'm just going to take a cheeky punt on a player I think might do well one game week. I'm not going to follow the masses. I'm just going to go for it. Um and see how it goes, quite simply. But I think I just need to find that one player that no one else really owns that week or is very low-owned, just punt on it. I don't think it'll be a defender. 
more than likely a striker, possibly midfield position. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, I ain't got many weeks to play. What's that? There's enough differentials with York, Nedved. I'm pretty sure I'm going to play mine on Sylvester unless we get some um, random suggestion otherwise. I wouldn't put someone off triple captain in Bartes even. We saw last year with goalkeepers in a triple game week. Well, yeah, we yeah. really did actually. Especially, especially with the fixture congestion. Like they've got, was it three games in seven days? Obviously, Bartes will be the one that won't suffer from no conditions. So I think it's, it's definitely an option. But yeah, but then Sylvester is, I think Sylvester is also a good shout because he can play left back or centre back. Um, and they don't have that many options unless they decide that it's a proper, you know, rep game. Uh, next question. Can I just ask before you ask the next question? None of you would consider triple captain in a Liverpool asset then with a double over a Manchester United asset with a triple, given that the fixtures, I would say Liverpool are less likely to rep in either game, whereas Manchester United could rest players in at least one, possibly two games. I don't, like, I don't like Liverpool in the sim in the in the game at all. I can't shoot. They they rotate quite a lot anyway. Um, not even rep twelve. They just rotate a lot. None of their you know Owens out. We know that Fowler and Heskey. They don't seem to score that many. Their midfield changes week to week. They end up putting Biscan in defence occasionally, out of randomly. You just can't pick Liverpool. Um, they don't do enough for me. Okay. Yeah. I think the only one I'd consider is is uh, is Hippia. Just you know, if if he gets two clean sheets yeah. and a penalty, you're laughing, aren't you? But that's the only yeah. one I'd consider, really. I, I think. Don't remember the last time Hippia got a pen. To be fair, this year he has had at least one this season. I think it was really um, early. I don't remember it in the last like let's say ten game week. I think that yeah. Millwall home game is just too hard to refuse. You have got the best home team in the game against the worst away team. You know, that's the, arguably the best fixture in the whole calendar, right? And we put it as mm. part of a treble. So I think it's like impossible to take anyone against that. Go against United, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, okay, FPL Glasto, <laughs> who is the best triple captain option outside the double triple game week? <laughs> I think Henri this Henri this week probably isn't it? I yeah, um, who have Sunderland got this? Week? I, w- I mean, I would say that question must mean that he's probably got another chip like the free hit, which he plans on using in thirty-seven. Then. Um, or he could just be asking you the best triple captain option outside of double game. We could, <laughs> we could assume he's got another chip left. <laughs> I mean, it might, it might be, it might be like I said earlier. He might, he might have looked at the Man United's fixtures and just said, "Oh, I'm, I'm going to gamble that the triple game week just goes to shit," which is to say it's. It could not, be, yeah. I'm, I'm not in rotation. Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm not going for a United player in it. I just think it'll be rotation. But yeah, I'm not saying that's likely or, you know, in percentage terms, but it is a possibility. So say if you do want to throw that Hail Mary and just sit back and hope that it fails for everybody. And um, then, then yeah, I think Henri this week, maybe Phillips at home to Derby next week. Is it next week? Yeah, it's next week, isn't it? Um, yeah. The only problem with those two is they're going to be really highly captained. So if you've got a triple captain, then you're not really gaining a lot, are you? I think it's you very, are, true. Yeah, so very true. Very true. Doherty at home to Charlton. Hope he plays up front. <laughs> no. I spoke <laughs> about triple captaining uh, Phillips this week, I think, pre- previously on, on a pod, um, maybe. Um, no, I think it was the Derby game. Was it? Um, yeah. I, he's definitely been in my triple captain thoughts for the last couple of game weeks. I did think about doing it this week, but exactly what you said put me off. He would be so highly captain that like last week. I thought I'm not fucking gaining barely anything. What's you know what's the point? 
Um, I would have gained, what, 12 points? Wouldn't actually be against triple captain Ricardo Gardner in the last game. So Bolton are, are at home to Cholton the last week. It's not a bad shout. And so, obviously, Gardner, I think more than anyone in the game, has got more upside for a variety of points. There's not many players that you feel like can get like a 20 pointer. What's that? Yeah. What's that dark? What's that Bolton striker that keeps popping up everywhere? Ramberg. Ramberg, yeah. What about Ramberg? You just take him out of nowhere, starts ramming him in. Unintended. <laughs> That's what this shift's about. Uh, I don't think it's unreasonable with Gardner that you expect a clean sheet, max bonus, and like two attacking returns. It's not that could easily happen. It's not unlikely as such and that's like 16 17 points or so if that happens yeah so i think yeah. i think sure. a reasonable punt the last week to to go for him like the week i punted on festa and then uh, middlesbrough got a penalty and he had got off the field two minutes earlier <laughs> <laughs> that's why i have bad that's why i have red arrows yeah because that happens to me. Apparently, uh, Luke re that three times just to piss you off, Darren. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. doesn't surprise me. Mm. <laughs> Love stuff uh, like that. Yeah, I don't like stuff like that. But hey, it, it, uh, it makes the game what it is. And, uh, you know, season three, hopefully, you know, let's see what happens there. Might be my year. My year. <laughs> um, let's move on to Gaffer and some exciting news. We have. Oh, but hang on. Before you do that, just so you know, guys, it has gone to penalties. I've just oh, realised. No. I forgot to tell you. It's gone to penalties. Right. Um, and someone just scored for Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, yeah, Switzerland scored their first penalty and Pogba is taking the first penalty for France. Uh, well, to be fair, we finished the podcast by the time he finishes his run up. <laughs> 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 let's not let's let Thomas talk about Gaffer too much then because he's got uh, he can't concentrate no, no. on things at the same time right um, alright I just let me see Pogba's penalty right you think he's going <laughs> to score or miss may I score he'll score he's got a France shirt on he should score shouldn't he he's not doing a slow run up he's just standing still Whew, what a penalty it was um, Kane-esque you know when he does those ones where he lashes it in the corner yeah. Yeah, very, very good penalty. Perfect. No problem at all. He had no chance, literally top top corner of the net. Anyway, Gaffer. Yes. Yeah, so we've been uh given three players to reveal. Um we have them display with, with some lovely graphics created by Martin. Um and I think uh Martin, because you were so good at doing the graphics, uh we will display the players and allow you to uh discuss. How does that sound? Yeah, go for it. No and problem I'll... at all. I'm going to lean into the tiny screen on my yeah, phone no so problem. I can see. <laughs> Dominic Solanke. Oh, Dom Solanke. Okay. Hasn't come up for me yet. What? I'm oh, sorry, it's coming. I can see it. Yeah, it's coming. I can see it. It's, say it's on it. Twitch. There he is. 11 million, Dominic Solanke. Um, yeah, so, so, yeah, so as you can see, so in, in the graphics, so that's, he's had, He's had quite a price hike, twenty-one percent increase um, from the price that he finished on last season. Um, I'll be honest with you; I don't know what price he started at. I guess it was probably nine million. But, it was nine million. Um, but yeah, so a twenty-one percent increase from what uh, where he started. Um, so if you and if you compare him with Pookie, uh, the difference in price between him and Pookie and the difference in their output is quite big. So to me, that says that the game in general is going to be a lot more expensive um, because Pukki's output was 15% better than Solanke's last season. But Solanke has been priced the same as Pukki. So I think we're, we're going to see a general hike. I think it's going to be harder to pick a team this season, which I th- mm. don't think is a bad thing because I think it was quite easy just to get whatever front three you wanted in any given week last season. 
Um, so, so yeah, I think um, I, th I think I think at eleven million, obviously, you need to see other strikers for context. But I think I think that feels expensive. Um, I'm not I'm not convinced by Jonathan Woodgate at Bournemouth. I think they really started to tail off at the end of last season. They had a good run to get themselves into the playoffs, but then. Um, I think they only scored two goals in the last five games or something like that. They had quite a poor, poor end to the league season. Um, and then obviously they lost the playoffs um, and Solanke, Solanke struggled in those playoff games, uh, didn't score in those games. So, yeah, I think, I think it's expensive. I think there'll be, I think there'll be other options that I'll prefer, but, but there you go. So you can compare him to Pookie there. Um, 11 million. Perfect. So let's have another striker then of that. Kiefer Moore. Has he come up yet? Kiefer Moore. It's uh, star of the Euros. There he is. There he is. So ten million. So a million cheaper than Solanke. Um, so so I think you know if you just compare those two, I think Kiefer Moore is probably a better value. So he's a million cheaper. Their output last season was around about the same. Um, so for me, that's better. But um, Kiefer Moore started cheaper last season. So I mean, he's had he's had a hike as well, sort of a similar sort of hike to Solanke, but he started from a lower a lower starting position, but um, I, I, I think I, I think I quite like Kiefer Moore. Um, he's, I think he's definitely an option. So Mick McCarthy in at Cardiff. See, so they did they did exceptionally well once he um, once he came into the club at the end of last season. They almost made the playoffs, and it looked like they could you know maybe even be in a relegation fight when he came in. Um, and if there's one thing that Mick McCarthy has been excellent at in his managerial career, it's been getting the best out of his centre forward. So I don't see any reason why. Um, why Kiefer Moore won't keep scoring next season for Cardiff? Um, you know, as long as uh, as long as he stays there, obviously, which isn't guaranteed. But um, yeah, he's a definite option. Uh, keep an eye on the transfer market for Cardiff. Uh, they had quite important players on loan. Their um, their parachute payments end this summer as well. So just be aware that there could be a big turnover at Cardiff. But if they look like they've got a fairly solid team again, then I think ten million seems seems reasonable for him. Perfect. No problem. And I think you'll probably agree, uh, Martin, that I've saved the best till last on these, uh, on these players. Absolutely. So we've got Michael Elise, 8.5. So real breakthrough season last time. So um, hence the 73% increase in, <laughs> <laughs> in price. <laughs> <laughs> So the price to price to he started at four point five million, I think, last season. But um but like I say it, it was a breakthrough season and, and to be fair to the guys that priced him, um, you know, unless you had a Reading fan involved in that, you 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 wouldn't have been aware of the hype that was around him, but he's definitely lived up to it. Um and you know, he's only gonna get better. He's only gonna get better, I think. I think he, he could get more minutes this season. So you can see in the graphic that he didn't start every game, he came off the bench um a fair bit. He was rested a fair bit. Say he's a young lad, his breakthrough season. But um, we're, we're going to have a smaller squad this season. Um, the likes of Sam Baldock and Sonia Luco have been released, um, so we're, we're not going to have we're not going to have the luxury of you know chucking one of those guys in for him, for example. Um, so yeah, I think. And if you compare him to Buendia last season, so um, Buendia was the top midfielder last season, um, and if you look at the, the price comparison, so there's a 30% difference in price from Buendia um, and their output last season was also a 30% difference. So if you look at it from a points per million perspective, he's on the same level as Buendia, um, assuming he has a similarly good season. 
Um, so, and I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. I think I think the core of Reading's team will remain. Um, we'll have a smaller squad, but I think our first eleven, fingers crossed, uh, will be will be fairly stable. So I don't see any reason why he can't have another good year. Thomas, his mouth is wide open. Something's happened. We're going to have to go straight to him. <laughs> Craig, well, I need to go straight to Craig. Craig, what was your prediction? Mbappe's missed, does he? Mbappe's missed the final wow. penalties. Switzerland go through. Oh, five wow. okay. penalties. Amazing. Wow. And, and Xhaka didn't actually take a penalty. So, no, <laughs> but no. yes, France are out. Oh, Nobody watched you on ITV Plus One, so I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Other channels are available. Yeah. ITV minus one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. I, I was trying so hard not to not to interrupt Martin. When I saw Mbappe <laughs> stepping up, I was like, "Oh no, it could actually happen." Did he? Did he just fully miss? Was it safe? Uh, it was a very good save by the keeper. Keeper froze afterwards, worried that the um, linesman might have flagged or something that he'd been off his line. So pause, looked over, save was given, and then they all ran off and. Wow. Jumped all over each other. That's that's a massive, obviously, shock. That's a, that's yep. a, that's a big knockout. Um, yep. Wow. For anyone um, listening to this pod, it's not going to get this good again. That's my big, best prediction of the season. I've done it on the first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, hey, if you like it, like, follow, subscribe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no problem at all. Absolutely. Uh, um, can I just say, um, Elise, I know, I know, Craig, you didn't play Gaffer last season, but you, I know you'll be aware of, obviously, Kiefer Moore from the Euros and Solanke, you know, has been at, Chelsea and Liverpool and stuff. Had you heard much about Elise? No, not at all. Until you got this, until I heard about him in his price release, I hadn't heard. Of really? Him. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a massive follower of the Championship. It's obviously a bit mm. biased because I'm a Villa fan and we've been out of it for a few years. Oh, all right. Even the Championship <laughs> clubs that have come up to the Premiership, I'm, uh, Premiership Premier League, um, I'm not as clued up on as others will be. It's probably one of the, the advantages you three will have on me this year that you played Gaffer mm. last year. So we'll have some. Championship players. I'm quite lucky. I've got one. One of my uh, good friends is a Watford fan, so he's given me a lowdown about Joe Pedro. He'll he'll like it. I've mentioned him on this pod. Um, <laughs> he's telling me about him, but yeah, Brentford wise and Norwich wise. Norwich not too bad, obviously, because they've not long ago been in the Prem. But yeah, Brentford. I'm kind of flying blind a little bit with them, so I need to sort of pick myself up and catch up with. Mm. Numbers around. I like, I like Jao Pedro. I'll be honest with you. I think he's great. Good yeah, I mean, I, I would say you know Tony is like the biggest non-secret in terms of an asset. You don't need to know about the championship to know about Tony because everyone was talking about him. Um, yeah, Ivan Tony or Luca Tony, as I frequently refer to him <laughs> by accident <laughs> on the pod. Uh, I kept calling him Luca Tony. Um, who knows? He may go on to be as good as Luca Tony. Um, but yes, no, there are there, there should be a few decent um, Brentford assets and stuff. But no, Elise is the kind of player who I think Martin would probably agree. If Reading don't have a good season, possibly if they don't come up, but you would imagine him moving on to a to a Premier League team next season, quite possibly. Oh, well, um, he's he's definitely talented enough, and you know I would take him. Obviously, Arsenal are not a a top tier as in top four Premier League team at the moment so I would take Elise not necessarily to start every week or anything like that but I definitely would have him in the squad uh, he's going to get better and better 100% <laughs> yeah 
this it's is worth the hype, Martin, because we Villa bought. You remember that like Aaron Tishabola from Reading from yeah. quite a big years ago with a massive reputation, and that obviously didn't come to anything. Yeah, we we uh we couldn't believe that you'd paid five million pounds for him. To be honest, I think we we were disappointed. We were dis we were disappointed that he left because like you don't you don't like to see you know when a youth player breaks into the team you like you don't like him to just leave straight away. But we thought he was you know he was massively unproven. Um, it was way too soon to pay that money for him. Um, and it, and you know we thought you know this this really could go either way and it, it obviously it, it didn't go the way that you would want it. Um, but with Elise, I think it's a bit different. He he definitely looks special. I mean, if you look at the chances created, he was um, he was up there in the with the anyone from the top five leagues in Europe. Um, there were tweets that came out about it regularly. Um, it would have like Jaden Sancho, Memphis Depay, Michael Elise, like he would be on that list with all those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, his his numbers were were crazy, and 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 like the eye test. I mean, for me, I, I, what I say to people is he's definitely the best player I've seen for Reading since um, Gilfie Sigurdsson came through for sure. Um, so if you want to make that kind of comparison, um, he's playing as well for us now as Sigurdsson. As he looks as good as Sigurdsson did when he came through, um, at least. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's def- he's, he definitely looks the real deal. So having never seen him, are we looking at like an Eze type? I saw Eze when he was at QPR, for example. Is that I don't know if they're similar in terms of attributes and strengths and things, but is is that the sort of hype we're looking at? Someone? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I think yeah, they are they are different players. I mean, Michael Elise has got the ability to control a game from the midfield. Um, you know, his his first touch, his uh, his vision, his passing ability. Um, I hope I'm hoping this season that his goal scoring numbers might come up a bit. Um, that's one that's one area he could improve. Although he scored some absolute blinders, um, it was a bit inconsistent. Um, but yeah, I'd say I'd say maybe even even more potential than Eze, just because I say he can control a game himself. Um, whereas I think Eze is kind of more explosive, like he'll run up, dribble at people, etc. But um, Elise can control a game from the middle of the pitch. Fair, fair. We've got two gaffer questions to finish off. So FPL West Brom, who is a new listener, I think. I don't remember ever speaking to an FPL West Brom. Uh, they have asked, who is going to be the top six in the championship? It's quite a question. I think top six is really difficult to predict. I would say I would say easier to make a prediction of top two. I mean, the championship's that kind of division where, you know, whoever finished sort of 16th last season could could easily end up in the playoffs. You know, where did Blackburn finish? They could end up in the playoffs for all we know, or they could be relegated. It's it's quite an erratic, <laughs> it's quite an erratic league. Um, possibly less so if you support a team in that league. Maybe you're a bit more in tune with the goings on and stuff. But I think the certain teams can have good or bad transfer windows and it can really catapult them up or down the league. Um, because obviously in, champ- in the championship and, and below, you get teams releasing X amount of players and, and stuff like that. Um, I think I think West Brom, West Brom are, are, are going to be probably favourites to come back up. Uh, they've pinched the manager from Barnsley, I think it is. Um, they've got a decent enough squad, and yeah, I, I, I think I think they'll they'll do okay. Um, I think Reading have, have, I don't think they're necessarily finishing the top two, um, but on the assumption that they keep Elise, um, I think, you know, with 
I believe they've still got Santos Shaw as well. Yep. You know, I think if 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 they hit the ground running like they did last season, I think you know they they could possibly have learned some lessons from last season and and certainly mount a playoff challenge. Should we say? Um, for me, I think I, I think. Oh, thank you for the follow. Who was that? Uh, the old has just given us a follow. Appreciate that. Uh, I think for me, Bournemouth will be up there like they were this season. I think they'll be right up there. Um, and more possibly, yeah, I mean, I can't argue against West Brom. Uh, perhaps Middlesbrough might make a push. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who wants to go to Middlesbrough? Ugh. I'm far from knowledge won a championship, but I, like, of, the, of the relegated clubs, I'd imagine Sheffield United are going to be the least disrupted. I'd imagine most of this will probably stay. They've play, obviously played together for a few years now, so I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the playoffs at worst. I think probably their level. And yeah. so I think they've obviously proven in the Prem last year what they're capable of. And I think they've got the bulk of that squad still there. So I'd imagine they'll be... I'd, I'd probably have more faith in them than, than Fulham, for example, being around the top. Mm. Yeah, not quite know where you're going to be with Fulham. Obviously, Parker's... <laughs> has he gone now? Has he, I heard he was Yeah, on the, he was confirmed today. Scott Parker's left. Yeah. So he's gone. They're a load of lone players. Who knows what's going to happen? Mm. Uh, that's the right sort of yo-yo sort of situation. They could finish top or almost relegated, couldn't they? Mm. Um, but I think Sheffield United should be around the top six, I think. Um, mm. Yeah, definitely. I forgot about Sheffield United. Uh, yeah. Darren, hello. Before you read the next question, is it possible you could repeat the three players' names and prices, please? As uh, Joel has messaged to say, he he paused the video because he was watching a penalty shootout, so he didn't hear them. <laughs> Honestly, no. Fuck them. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Pausing> us. <laughs> Disgusting. Yes, no. Of course, I can. So we had Dominic Solanke at 11 million. We had Kiefer Moore at 10 million. And we had Elise at Reading at 8.5 million. Elise is straight in my shopping basket, as they say. Right in my basket. Yeah, um, I don't say it like that, but yeah, that's, that's what they say. Martin's done a good sell on him, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah 100% owned for the first game. He is, he is, he is. He is. Are you, Craig, although you don't play the championship. What's like, that? Uh, although you don't play Gaffer, like, yeah. have you thought maybe of this year giving it a go? But, like, because you don't know much of the championship, is it something you could experiment with in terms of doing it purely by maybe statistics? Yeah, it's possible. I'm, I'm going to play Sky for the first time this year. So do I want to be getting in? I know Sky is... Premier League players that I'm familiar with, but I think it's a completely different mindset to play. Today. I, I, I can tell you now, it is. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like this year my focus to learn something new is going to be on that. Fair. I, I, I could play, I could play Gaffer and treat it slightly differently, and maybe not put so much effort and thought into it, and just pick purely on stats or something. I'm sure it, it could work that. Yeah. Making transfers ten minutes before the deadline and not really putting any thought <laughs> in somehow it works. So you, you still beat me. <laughs> um, so we had so we had our three players, and obviously we've had another three players that were revealed yesterday. Uh, does anyone remember who they are off the top of their heads? Grady Dean. Uh, that's yeah, that was one. I can't remember. Um, <laughs> I can. I can. Uh, West Brom striker. Uh, He's not. A, yes, the the winger um, um, for West Brom. Oh no! So Grady, that's West Brom. Grady Dean Anger. Um, Charlie yeah. Austin was that another was one. Yes, yeah. and. Oh, who was the other one? It was, I'm looking it up. It was, it was, who was it? Someone fill the gap, do a little dance. I thought you three would be prepared for this part of the podcast. I thought, do you know what? Oh, it, <laughs> do you know what? Hang on a minute. Hang on, hang on. 
it was a bloody Blackburn player. <laughs> oh, yeah, what the ben hell? Brereton. It was Ben Brereton. Yes. Ben Brereton. Yeah, of course yes. I do. Of course I do. Ben um, Brereton, Diaz. So, yeah. So, FPL Joel's question was, out of the six players that we already know now, um, who, you can pick one of them to be in your game week one team. Uh, who do you choose and why? Right, I'll go Elise straight away. Not so will I, and I'm not question. even playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned the most about him in the last 15 minutes, so yeah, I'll, I'll go for him. <laughs> uh, for, for, I mean, yeah, Elise would probably be everyone's shout. Uh, what I will say is if Armstrong gets sold from Blackburn, then I would look at Ben Brereton, because he'll play up front. Um, and we don't have much else, so he will definitely get a lot of game time. And he's a Chilean international, and that means a lot. Ben Brereton Diaz, have you seen that? They've put his shirt for Chile says Brereton Diaz. Yeah, and I hope he keeps it. I hope he keeps it next season as well. Are we all? Are we all? Uh, are we all agreed that it's Elise? I think. I think. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I think. It's, it's, I think Elise is the obvious pick. I, yeah. like, I mean, I let, don't, don't get me wrong. I think Grady Dean Angus is going to do really well. I think. Uh, I think so too. He would be my. He would be my second choice. Yeah, he's my second yeah. choice as well. I think uh, um, yeah, agrees. as well, if if we're saying you have to pick it now as well, I think he like I think that's the most predictable one. I think with um mm. like with Solanke, like Bournemouth for you know, if they lose Stanislas or Danjuma, for example, that would be huge blow. Yeah. Um I'm not convinced by Woodgate. If they appoint Scott Parker, I'm not particularly convinced by that either, to be honest. Um and then uh, at Cardiff, like I say, it's the last year of their parachute payments. They had Harry Wilson on loan last season, which was a massive player for them. So again, it'll be wait and see, um, you know, what sort of service Kiefer Moore might get. But um, so, so yeah, I think Elise and um, uh, and um, uh, the West Brom guy. <laughs> I'm trying not to say Dan Juma again. Diagana, Diagana. I think they're they're the most predictable ones. I think if you had to pick it now. Fair point. Yeah, for me, I'm gonna. I'd look at fixtures as well, but yeah, can't think of anything uh, away from that. That is podcast over, guys. We are done. That's all our questions. That's everything we had to talk about. Appreciate everyone who has tuned in. Uh, how did you guys feel the first one went? I was gone without a hiccup. In fairness, fucking touch wood. I mean, yeah. <laughs> after the first twenty seconds, didn't it? I think it's gonna be hard. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> The hour, the hour max went out the window a bit. But it's okay. So we're only on, we're only on one, we're only on one twenty at the moment because Thomas okay. likes to talk too much about uh, <laughs> Arsenal. It's fine. Oh my gosh! <laughs> we'll stop one day. But it, finished, uh, it was because of Martin's in-depth reading <laughs> Elise knowledge. I'm not. I'm not sure it took that long. <laughs> I've, I've learned mine off it. Um, perfect. Well, really do appreciate, obviously, everyone who tuned in tonight. This, the stream's only going to get better, guys. We've got a lot coming up. There's a lot we're working on behind the scenes, especially when the new season does kick off at the moment. Obviously, we're still in the Euros. We've still got a lot to come. So, uh, yeah, we're going to have sort of uh, scrolling text uh, with all stats on from the Premier League and, and the Sky game and Gaffer. Um, it's going to be uh, really, really cool. Uh, and we're really looking forward to, to going forward with you guys. Uh, we'll also be on YouTube going forward as well. Uh, and today's audio will also be uploaded as our podcast so you can catch us whenever wherever to be completely honest with you anyone else want to say anything before we finish sweet dreams in the right order that's the end uh, <laughs> yeah, let's try and do that i'll go first 
no, 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 next time. <laughs> no, no, look at the order that you're in now. That is the order that it goes in. <laughs> it was really self-explanatory. I can't believe you messed it up. But hey, never. Fair enough. Craig was here, and, like, and I'm there for it. I liked it. Yeah. Right. Well, if that's I would it, just... Right? I would just say, yes, definitely subscribe, follow, retweet, you know, pass it on, tell a friend, tell a few friends, you know, just get us out there because the more we're out there, the, the easier it is to, to provide content because we get more interaction from people. So if you've listened to this, please, please, please do retweet. I hate begging. I hate sounding like I'm desperate for it, but it really does help. Uh, it just helps us to reach more people. Perfect. And that, as they say, is full time. Thank you.